You know, when it's all said and done, when people from every tribe, nation, and tongue are giving praise to God, the one unified word is going to be hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise to God. That's powerful. That's powerful. So God, we love you. We give you all the praise and glory that you are due. You are so worthy of all of our praise. Receive it as an offering to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you can take your seat. As you're taking your seat, grab your notes, and uh, you can follow along that way. Uh, We're so glad that you are here this weekend and that you have chosen to spend a part of your weekend with us. My name is Jonathan Murley, and I'm the Global Missions Pastor here at Jubilee Fellowship Church. And uh, last week, Pastor John kicked off our series with an awesome message. Uh, if you missed that, take a chance, or just take a chance, take a, take a uh, time and go to the website and uh, watch that. It's going to be a really good message. Uh, but I just want to take a minute and thank him. Uh, he actually said some very kind things about my wife and I. And so often, as the leader, you're the one giving praise, right? You're, you're giving Uh, what people are due. But I want to take a minute and just tell you that we have an awesome pastor. We have an awesome pastor. I've known Pastor John for almost 30 years. And in 30 years, you get to know somebody. And the things that he shares, the things that he teaches from, it's not just something that he would have read in a book. It's actually what he's living and what he's experiencing. We have one of the most genuine and authentic pastors that I, I know. I've worked for some great leaders. I've worked for big healthcare companies, and I've worked for some great people that you may actually even know from their political and philanthropic uh, circles. But Pastor John and Chris are so authentic, and we are so appreciative of them as, uh, as our leaders. So, uh, by the way, we just crossed over into our 22nd year as a church. Our 22nd year. Uh, I think it was August 31st and September 1st. Uh, was crossing over into that 22nd year. And next month is Pastor Appreciation Month. And I just saw Pastor Chris go out, so it's going to be our little secret here, okay? I want to embarrass them with our praise and our, uh, our kind words. So in October, you can't tell anybody, right? In October, we're going to set up a table, and we're going to have a basket out there. And, and I want you to write your notes and cards and however, you, however else you want to just uh, tell them how much you appreciate them. And I know it's going to embarrass them, but I, I promise you they're going to read every single word of it. So uh, if you would do that, that would be awesome. Uh, I do appreciate, Pastor John, for the opportunity to share about something that I am so passionate about. Uh, you know, we were singing that songs earlier, Lord, stir a passion in my heart. I'm so passionate about this topic of global missions. But even more importantly than me being passionate about it, God is passionate about it. That's why I care, because God cares. I read scriptures like in 2 Peter 3, 9, and I hear the echo of God's heartbeat in it. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, 
not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Everyone to come to repentance. If I could just condense that to make a point, I hear the echo of a heartbeat in that. None perish, all saved. None perish, all saved. This is the very essence of God the Father. God the Father who sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross. We all know the scripture in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. You know, it could have said, so God loved the world that he sent his son. But it said that he so loved the world. Why is, that, why is there that emphasis there? It's because you and I and everyone in this world were the object of God's affection. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish. There it is again. Would not perish but have eternal life. And that's the heartbeat of God that echoes throughout eternity and will continue to echo through eternity until all have had a chance to hear it. Who here knows the Great Commission? I hope we all know that. It found in Matthew 28. It says to go and make disciples of all nations. But just a few chapters before that, in Matthew 24, Jesus himself says, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world, throughout the whole world, so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Who here wants Jesus to come? I do. I do. If we believe what Jesus says, if we take his words seriously, we have to take that seriously, that the gospel will be preached to all nations, and then, and only then, the end will come. When it says all nations, it's not referring to the 195 geopolitical countries that we know today, but the more than 16,500 unique people groups, ethne, that make up the world, the people that have their own unique culture and identity and history and language. That's what he's referring to right there. And I'm so passionate that when I stand before Jesus, when I stand before Jesus, I'm going to say, I did my part. I did my part to create an echo so that the world would hear that. Ask yourself, and it's not, it's not a condemnation thing. Are you doing your part so that, you, so that all nations hear that? Who here has seen the movie The Gladiator? Right? So year 2000, Russell Crowe plays this uh, General Maximus, and he's, he's rallying the Roman troops. They're going to go to war against the Germanic tribes, and he's riding his horse along the front lines. And you see that? And he says... Brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. What we do in life echoes in eternity. And he utters these words that I think are more profound than Ridley Scott actually intended. What we do in life echoes in eternity. What is your echo? Is it a hollow gong? Clunk? Or is it a beautiful sound that resonates in eternity, that rings in eternity, even beyond when you're not here? That's echo. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, We set our eyes not on what we see, but on what we cannot see. How do you set your eyes on something that you can't see? That's echo. 
What we see will last only a short time, but what we cannot see will last forever. What we cannot see will last forever. Do you know it's possible to to be a Christian and at the end of your life realize that you have wasted it? That's possible. It's not a heaven and hell issue. In fact, in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you openly declare with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. That's, That's a promise from God. So this is not a heaven and hell issue, but it's also possible, get this, to miss out on so much more that God has intended for your life. Right here and right now, it's John 10, 10. That's this abundant life. It's not for heaven, it's for right now. You know, God always does some of his greatest work through some of the most unlikely people. We're probably actually sitting in a place like that, right? God took this, what is this, a five foot six man, right? And made, did something extraordinary through that. So all throughout scripture, all throughout history, we see God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things to create echoes. These ordinary people that had messed up lives, sin in their lives, messed up families, read it for yourself. When I read the Old Testament, I like, oh my goodness, what were these people thinking? What were they doing? But these people that came up with all kinds of excuses, God used them to do extraordinary things to change the world and create an echo. But I want to ask you a question. Is God still writing stories today? Is he still creating echoes today? I'd submit to you that God is still writing stories today and that he wants to use every single one of us. He wants to use every single one of us, those that are watching online. He wants to use every single one of us to create an echo, to use your story for good to reach the nations. It's how he works. It's not just for the movies. It's not just for a great one-liner. It's not just for history books or the Bible. It's how he works. There are many people that I could talk about today, but I'm gonna talk about for the next couple of minutes one man who arguably did more for God than any person recorded in scripture except for Jesus. But Moses also had more excuses and reasons why God shouldn't use him than literally anyone else recorded in Scripture. He literally had more excuses than anyone recorded in Scripture. So even from birth, Moses' mom realized how special he was. So she knit together a basket of reeds and put it in the Nile River. And it floated up the Nile River, and Pharaoh's daughter found it. And she took him in as his own. So he was raised in Egypt as a privileged Egyptian. And after a series of events in Egypt, he fled the wilderness. And he got married, he had a family, and then he experienced God speaking to him in a burning bush, this miraculous experience that he had. And during this time, the Israelites are crying out to God. They're crushed under the the burden of slavery. And so God speaks to him And he takes this normal man and he calls him. He says, Moses, I've got a plan for your life. In Exodus 3, 3.20, it says, Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh 
I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. And so what does our hero do? He goes, yes, Lord, I will lead your people out of Egypt. I'll go in your strength and in your confidence. Yes, I will do this. Right? He says that, right? It's, that's in, no, no, no. He does the absolute opposite of that. And for the next two chapters, we get this laundry list of excuses why he shouldn't be used. You know, your reluctance or your hesitancy, it doesn't scare God. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't put him out. And in fact, one of the greatest misconceptions about leadership is that anyone who has ever done something great for God isn't hesitant. It's, it's just not true, right? But God works through our reluctance. He works through our imperfections and our hesitancy. So watch what Moses does. So God told him to go, and then he starts in with this list of excuses in Exodus 3.11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? What is he struggling with? He's struggling with his identity. He's saying, I'm a, man, I'm a nobody. I'm just a, I'm just a shepherd. Just leave me alone. I'm a nobody. I can't do this. Perhaps you felt the same way as well. Perhaps you said, I, I can't do this, God. So listen to what God says. He says, I will be with you. Moses, I will be with you. This promise is actually one of the most repeated promises in the Bible. I will be with you. And in fact, in the Great Commission, Jesus says it, doesn't he? He says, go and make disciples of all nations, and lo, I'll be with you to the end of the age. And as followers of Jesus, we have to understand that he put his Holy Spirit in us. It's the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's the same Holy Spirit that gave him power. We have that within us. And when God is with us, he's given us that power. And it depends far less on us and more on him. And that should give us amazing confidence. It's his ability, but our availability, right? Of course, we have our, the things that we're good at, right? The things that we're called at, the giftings and talents that we have. That absolutely plays, plays a part in it. But it's more of his power working in us. So Moses, you'd think Moses would get a clue. You'd think he'd go, okay, Lord, yes, you're with me. But then he starts in, just kind of gets more intense. He says, if I go to the people of Israel and I tell them the, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they're going to ask me a question. What is his name? What am I going to tell them? What's Moses struggling with? He's struggling with insecurity. He's saying, I'm not qualified. I don't know enough. And this probably keeps more people on the sidelines than anything else is this issue of insecurity. So Moses says, I'm going to tell you what to say to them. But in Exodus 4, Moses, he just keeps going, doesn't he? He's not getting it. What if they don't believe me or listen to me? Even if you give me the words to say, what if they don't believe me? And Moses is struggling with inadequacy. 
inadequacy. He's struggling that people won't respect him. Why is this? Why would he be struggling with inadequacy? There's many different reasons, I think. But I think one of the major reasons is he's going to go to the same people that saw him murder an Egyptian and cover it up. He's going to go to those same people and say, this is what God told me to do. So he's struggling with inadequacy because he made a major mistake in his life. And I want to, I want to say this. As I was just asking, Lord, is there something that you want to say to the people here this weekend? And as I was preparing today just a few hours ago, I feel like the Lord has this for, for one or, or more, more of you. There's someone here that was either in ministry or you want to go into ministry. But there's something that you've done. There's some shame that you carry around that you think disqualifies you. And God wants you to know that he is the one that qualifies you. He is the one that calls you out. And in fact, that's the good news of the gospel, not of what you have done, but what he has done in you. So I want you to know that if, if there's something like that, you can actually fill in the blank with whatever mistake this is. If there's something in your life, maybe you feel too broken. Maybe you feel that no one would ever love you again. The awesome news of the gospel is that God doesn't change our past, but he does absolutely alter our future. That's the good news of the gospel. He doesn't change our past, but he alters our future so you can tell others, look at what he has done in me. Look at what he has done in me, and he wants to do the same thing in you. He's not some distant entity that's cold or random or harsh. He's closer than the breath of our nostrils. He loves us so much. He's not, he's not some figure that sits in a temple made of wood or stone, but he's near and dear, and he wants to be in relationship with us. About a month ago, we sent our daughter off to college. It was our first, first kid to go off to college. And I've actually, on purpose, not uh, called her a whole lot or texted her a whole lot. A couple times, but not, not a whole lot. The reason why is because I want her to, to grow roots deep, right? I want her to actually establish her relationship with God on her own. But the truth of the matter is, I miss her. I miss her. I miss her dearly, in fact. Earlier this week, she FaceTimed me. And uh, so, I, of course, I answered it, right? I'm like waiting. Hey, is this kid going to... So she, she FaceTimes me, and she said, Hey, Dad, I want to tell you something. And if you know my daughter, uh, she's an awesome kid. She is uh, very much an introvert. Her, this is her major... She's studying international relations with an emphasis in strategic intelligence and Arabic. So she, and I said, honey, what's been your favorite class? And she goes, Arabic, I love it. I love it. And then she took a test. She's always, it was really easy. It's, it's, it's blows me away. But she calls me and she said, dad, I was, I was in my class. I want to tell you this. 
I was in my government class and there's about 200 people and the professor asked a question and nobody knew the answer except for me. So I raised my hand and the professor kept peppering me with questions and I knew every one of them. She said, I was so proud of myself. So I put the phone down and I said, watch this, honey. Yeah, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. See this thing, let's connect this with what, with what I'm trying to tell, tell you. God longs, he longs, he so loved us. He longs to be connected with us. And when we get that in our lives, it is literally transformational. That is what missions is. It's when you get how much he wants to be connected with you, but that you won't just keep it for yourself. You give that to the world. That is what missions is. So we go back to our character, Moses. You think he would get a clue, but he raises another objection in Exodus 4.10. Moses raised another objection to God. Master, please, I don't talk well. I've never been good with words, neither before nor after you spoke to me. I stutter and I stammer. And listen to how God responds to him. And God said, who do you think made the human mouth? Who makes some mute, some deaf, some sighted, and some blind? Isn't it I, God? So get going. So get going. I'll be right there with you. It actually literally says, I'll be right there with your mouth. I'll be right there to teach you what to say. When God is with us, our excuses are literally invalid. They, they, they literally have no merit or worth to it because we can do all things through him. That strengthens us. When he gives us, he, this, is the, this is why relationship is so critical because doing good things is good. But when God speaks to you, he'll give you the anointing for that. He'll give you the resource for that. That's why we have to be connected with him so we can hear him. So in the midst of all of Moses' excuses, God asks him a question. And when we actually understand the type of question that he's asking, it, it's, it's key. It's really transformational. So then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand in Exodus 4.2? What's in your hand? You know, when God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer to it. It's because he's trying to get us to become aware of what he's asking. So he says, Lord, uh, what's in your hand? And Moses says, it's a stick. It's a, it's a shepherd's staff. I'm a shepherd. God, you know that. What does that staff represent? It represents his identity. He was a shepherd. It represents his income, his sheep, right? He didn't have a 401k and an investment account or a checking account over Wells Fargo. He had his sheep. That was his income. And it was his influence, right? Because he could take that staff and he could poke and prod and he could direct with the curved end of it. It was his identity, income, and his influence. That staff represented everything that he was. So God looks at him and says, what's in your hand? And I think the question that God would want to ask us is, what's in your hand? 
What do you have? What resources? What talents? You know, I look back and I see Dave and Amy. I know what's in their hands. Two, two, two twins, right? Two babies. But what's in your hand? You're, the things that God has given you, the things that you're good at, the, the things that you were trained at, what has he given you? That's what he's asking. What is in your hand? But what happens next? Exodus 4, 3, the Lord said, throw it on the ground. So he's, taking, he's asking Moses, take everything that you are, your identity, and throw it on the ground. Give it to me. And what happened to that staff when he threw it on the ground? It turned into a snake. It came to life, right? And when I think of, when I read that, I go, you know, I've been in Africa and I've been in Asia and I've seen some really gross, poisonous snakes. I don't love snakes. Or I think of the, the story in, in the Garden of Eden and we think of the serpent. But in these times, a snake represented power and healing. Power and healing. So what he's saying is, throw it down. And when it comes to life, give it to me. There's going to be power and healing in that thing. When you release your income and your identity and your influence, the things that are in your hand, God will make those things come to life and use it for power and healing in this world. And I'll add so that all nations can hear of the good news. So when Moses decided to throw this staff down, when it hit the ground, we hear the echo of that. It changed history. It changed history when he threw that down. So what's in your hand? What's in your hand that you will use so that all nations will hear the good news? Our nation, our community, and to the ends of the earth. What's in your hand? Do you guys remember a few months ago when we took up an offering for uh, these two storms that hit southern Africa uh, in Mozambique, these cyclones? So in March and in April, two Katrina-like storms hit uh, all of southern Africa, but in particular, the epicenter hit in the country of Mozambique. And we have our very first missionaries, Jeff and Nikki Reitz, who were in Mozambique at that time. And as they were rallying for a response, they said, hey, can you guys help out with some relief kits? And so I took it to Pastor John and, and we brought it to you. And uh, these were kits that had food and uh, supplies to help them get through. And then actually subsequent things have been, uh, subsequent gifts have been uh, food to help them get along because the, the, hurt, the cyclones came actually when the crops were right uh, to be harvested. And so it wiped things out for several months. And the honest truth was, I hope we were going to raise 12, uh, ten or $12,000. I thought that would have been a really good offering. Do you know how much you gave? $3 short of $70,000. We just checked this week, didn't we, Todd? $3 short of $70,000. What you gave literally is helping thousands of people. It's literally helping thousands of people. And so... I sent Jeff and Nikki uh, a WhatsApp a couple of weeks ago, and I said, hey, can you share a story? Because it's easy to get lost in the thousands, isn't it? Right? I want you to hear. They sent me several different stories, but uh, I thought this one was really neat. So take a listen to this, because 
you did this. This is part of your echo. Boozy was a small fishing village quietly located by the Boozy River in Mozambique. Control dams were built along the river to help with flooding, but the cyclone and subsequent rain would make that plan impossible. Mary lived in a hut by the river, but heeded a warning that the cyclone was coming and that the river would rise. Gathering a few items, she, along with her three visiting grandchildren and her daughter-in-law, hesitantly left the hut. Weary from the battering of the storm, the children and daughter-in-law fell asleep, but something kept Mary awake. A woman of strong faith, she remained alert and praying. Suddenly she could hear a roar and noted that the river was quickly rising. Waking up her family, she went and gathered her neighbor who was deaf and would not hear of the impending doom. By the time they're ready to go, just a few minutes later, the water was passing their knees. Climb in a tree, she shouted to her grandchildren and daughter-in-law. So up they went, and little did they know that that tree would be their dry ground for three full days. The Boozy River is full of crocodiles, and many people in the trees just fell into the river due to lack of food, strength, and exhaustion. But Mary and her family survived. Her son, Agostinho, who I've actually had a chance to meet in Mozambique, arranged for a boat to find his mom and his wife and his children. Miraculously, they were found three days later, and he traveled the 22 hours back to his home village to meet up with them. Picture this. The boat that found them arrived on the beachfront of the Indian Ocean at the exact same time that he arrived at the beach looking for his family. Jeff and Nikki sent Agostinho with relief kits, and this will help Mary and thousands of others like her that were affected by the two cyclones over the next several months until the next season of crops can be grown. Sitting on our veranda, and this is Jeff and Nikki, Mary spoke of the goodness of God and with her hands clasped, this is a picture of that that they took, she gave thanksgiving for being alive and not being forgotten. Jubilee, that's you. You did this. You did this for thousands of people. But here's the cool thing. Mary's not just gonna keep this to herself. Mary lives in an area where there are quite a few Muslims. It's in northern Mozambique, which is close to Tanzania, right along the edge there, Islam has just come down. She's going to share the good news of what God has done. She's not going to keep it to herself. She's going to let her echo resonate. So as I wrap up the message, I want to ask you a question. What is your echo? What is your echo? You may say, Jonathan, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I'm just this, whatever you are. I'm trained in this. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Can I give you a couple of practical ways? The first thing is, uh, I hope I've shared some in, inspiring things today, but I don't want you to manufacture a heart for missions. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with the one that created you, 
that wants you, that wants to be in relationship with you, and a natural outpouring for the nations will happen from that. Fall in love with God. The second thing is you can get to know the missionaries that Jubilee supports. When you tithe here, we actually take a tithe of that and invest that into missions. On your, uh, on your seats, you should have some cards. There should be some cards there. This is actually the regularly supported uh, ministries and missionaries and organizations that we support on a monthly basis. Truth is, we actually invest in 50 or 60 countries every single year. These are actually the ones that we give to on a regular basis. But out there in the, in the lobby, we've got this really cool wall and this map that's on the wall. And on the map, there is some almost like book, uh, you know, book notes or something like that. Uh, and that has individuals' information. I want to encourage you to come out to the wall and to pick, off, uh, pick up some of those. If there's a country that interests you, if it's Mozambique, go, go pick the card that's there and get some information and connect with our missionaries. We actually have a few of our missionaries that are going to be here this weekend. Uh, they'll be here next weekend as well. So get to know what you're involved in. It's really impactful. And the final thing is, um, you probably saw in the foyer some tables, and we have short-term mission trips. We offer short-term mission trips all through the year. Um, take a look at this video. It's going to be a video, video of the ones that we have going on right now. Uh, but keep in mind, we always have some, and we're going to ha- add more for next year. So guys, if you can run this video, please. Hey, Jubilee, I'm so excited to announce that we're going to be having a men's mission trip to the East African nation of Kenya. And I'm here with Gary Vogt, who's the men's ministry leader, and he's going to share the vision behind this trip in 2020. Gary? Jubilee men will have an opportunity to not only do physical acts of service to the people of Kenya, but also engage with the men of Kenya who are in dire need of emotional and spiritual support. This country has been ravaged ravaged by AIDS, and this is a great opportunity for Jubilee men to not only connect with each other while they do this mission trip, but also minister the love of Jesus to the men and women of Kenya. We have two opportunities to hear about this this trip. The first one is on September 22nd, 6.30 p.m. at the Lone Tree Campus, and the other one is after the men's advance, November 10th, 1 p.m., Come to either of those and hear about this amazing opportunity for the fall of 2020 for all Jubilee men. We want to see you there. If you have been at Jubilee for any length of time, you have heard us talk about our missionary Larry Good and the Lost Children of Peru. We've taken 12 trips down to this amazing South American nation. We're so excited that in early 2020, we're going to have another mission trip led by our own Pastor Terry Hilgers. Terry, would you share just a little bit about the trip? Well, I've had the privilege of going several times to Peru, but this was by far the best trip we've ever had. An amazing team of people, an amazing ministry. It makes me excited for another trip, and Pastor Jonathan has given me the great privilege of taking another group down. If you've ever thought about a mission trip that fits you, if you love children, if you love doing projects with folks, I would recommend this highly. Hey, you'll want to come to this meeting. It's an information meeting. We'll cover all the details of the trip. You'll have all your questions answered. September 15th, after the service at 1 p.m., come see us. Pastor Jonathan will be there. I'll be there. We'll answer any questions you might have. We'll tell you more about this trip. Please join us. Hey, Jubilee, we're Dan and Bree, and we are the Jubilee Student Ministries Pastors, and we want to invite you to come on the 2020 trip down to Peru. 
It's a student trip in which we are going to be partnering with lost children of Peru. Guys, this summer we get to build some foundations, hang out with kids in the orphanages, and really get to know Jesus even better. So if you want to have a great time, come either find us at the block or come after service, and we'd love to share more with you. Hi, everybody. My name is Rebecca Murley. And I'm Sandra Vogt. So together, Sandra and I get the privilege and honor to lead a ladies' mission trip to Kenya, Africa in the spring of 2020. And we want to invite you, Women of Jubilee, to consider coming on this trip with us. In fact, it has made such a deep impact, not only in our own personal lives, but in our church. And Sandra, would you just share a little bit about what going to Africa and doing missions work did in your own personal life? So I never thought that I would do a mission trip, let alone it would be Africa for my first time. But once I got there, my heart has been left there. And this will be my fourth time going back personally. And what I love about it is that the women are hungry spiritually. They're hungry just to know that there's somebody else that cares about them. So if you've ever thought about going on a mission trip, do it and join us in the spring of 2020 because we would love to take you with us. I agree with that. So ladies of Jubilee, this is an invitation. Pray about going on this trip, but most importantly, come check it out. Come meet us in the foyer. We'd love to answer any of the questions that you might have immediately. And we want to invite you to be a part of our informational meeting on Sunday, September 22nd, 6.30 p.m. at the Lone Tree Campus. Women of Jubilee, you're not going to want to miss out. So please consider being a part of this mission trip. We'd love to have you join us. So these are starting, these informational meetings are starting uh, right tomorrow, tomorrow at uh, 1 p.m. here. We have that trip uh, to Peru with Pastor Terry. And then next week and next Sunday night, we have this uh, a joint meeting for our men's and women's uh, trip to Kenya. So just like Sandra said, just do it, right? Just go. Uh, it's one of the most transformational things that, uh, you know, we offer a lot of on-ramps, what I would call on-ramps. But when I was 16 years old, so a little over 30 years ago, when I was 16 years old, I went on my very first mission trip, and it, it literally changed my life. So go. We have many different options. And you may say, hey, uh, I'd like to stick closer to home. We actually have Rosalind Dandridge, who's out in the foyer, and she's going to have uh, a table out there, and there's a sign that says Facing Homeless, Homelessness Denver. And so we are partnering with this organization to uh, actually go down. She goes down every two weeks, and they uh, give out these uh, kits to the homeless. But actually, your echo can be felt by just bringing, either this weekend or next weekend, bringing hygiene supplies and bottles of water. How easy is that, right? So uh, she's out there. You can get a little bit more information from her. You can see actually what they, uh, what they need. She's got an example of that. But um, do something. Do something to start your echo, right? And then do more because I, it's going to be infectious. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pull you in more. So as we, uh, as we just wrap up the message, would you stand with me? And, uh, and we're going to close. Father God, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your love to us, your grace, your mercy that is literally new every morning. Lord, would you speak to each of us 
as to the role and the part that we're supposed to play in reaching the world. Lord, we'll say yes. We'll say yes to whatever that is. We'll say yes to going and impacting our community and our families, our coworkers. And Lord, if you speak to us, we'll go. We'll go to the ends of the earth so that all nations can hear and give praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your weekend.